0: Drums, please. Hi, it's me, Ash Kenazi, your favourite North London Jewish queen. I am here to bring to you the secrets from the Pink
1: Room. Pink Room, Pink Room, it's
0: the Pink Room. Pink Room, Pink Room, with Nazi. Pink Room, Pink Room, it's the Pink Room, Pink Room, Pink Room, not the Stink Room. Hi my bubblers, it's me Ashkenazi, reminding you to keep doing those lateral flow tests. Welcome to the Pink Room, the queerest backstage since Grinder was invented. This week I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to Jodie Harsh, queer icon, DJ promoter and celebutant. I'd never actually interviewed a drag queen before so I'm not sure I asked the right questions and the internet was horrific. Amongst hearing about how she made her latest record, My House, we discussed why we enjoyed being the odd one out, what it was like as a drag queen prior to Drag Race and queer acceptance in the music world. So here it is, Jody Harsh in The Pink Room with me, Ashkenazi. Um, Jody, welcome to The Pink Room, the queer backstage area, one that uh, has, I've been in many backstage areas and usually they're not filled with queens. How do you contend with being the one queen in a backstage area. Cause I assume you're the one queen
1: and have been for many years. Uh, yeah. But you know, I quite like, I quite like that as well. Quite like being the odd one out in the crowd.
0: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know. Um, I found, um, I found a book recently and I wanted to read to you your quote about drag. Cause it really spoke to me. Uh, drag is my escape and my prison my work and my play, my joy and my pain, my buzz and my fatigue, my looks and my brains, my business and my pleasure, my laughter and my tears, my boy and my girl, and it hurts my
1: fucking feet. (laughs) Uh, Did I I write that? That That's actually a direct quote from um, from Geoffrey Chaucer. Oh, really?
0: No. And then there's a really great picture of you and Detox. Can you tell me
1: about that one? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I remember that. Okay, so that is the night when Detox first came to London, and she came to host my party room service that my my club night that I was doing at the time. And I remember that that was like she'd just been on Drag Race, so we're going back quite a few years, and and it was like absolutely they'd announced that detox was, was hosting the party or performing or something like it was like the queens hadn't started coming to do gay all that kind of stuff yet i think prior to detox coming i had like maybe willem or something and that's kind of it and so people were like in absolute hysterics and like like losing their shit over the fact that like detox and ripple drag race was going to be in london in a party and so it was like complete madness and i think that that picture was outside her hotel. I'd gone and picked her up and taken her to the party. She's my, she's my friend. I love yeah, it's, she's she's an
0: icon. It's uh, I found this book in like a charity store, and I was like, "Oh, I'll grab that!" Yeah,
1: in a charity shop.
0: Yeah, I've been charity shopping again, girl. Like, finally. How much was the book? It it was two pound. Oh, that's quite
1: expensive. Actually.
0: I know it wasn't in the bargain bin. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask, so like, I've never had to tour in drag. I'm sure you've done like touring in drag. What's the most important item that
1: you have to have if you're going to be a drag queen on tour? Your passport. And trust me, there's been so many times I've been like, got my passport with me. Your passport this is a good, good start. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? What's like a clever drag thing? Like, oh, I'll tell you a funny story. Oh, face powder. up. Tell you a really funny story. Actually, it's not that funny, but it's funny for me. So I got to the Life Ball in Vienna, which is this amazing big like charity gala. You might have seen it. It's like super famous. You've got Amanda LaPauz there and all these famous people there. And there's like this huge red carpet in Vienna and we're raising millions and millions and millions of euros for AIDS. And basically, I got to the hotel and I was like, oh my God, I don't have any faith. No. I got to the airport on the way there at Heathrow or something. I was like, fuck, I don't have any um, face powder. I've run out. I picked some up. So I went to Mac and I bought some face powder, got to the hotel in Vienna, started getting ready, huge rush. And as I was patting the face powder on, you know, after my foundation, I was thinking, she feels a bit dry and crispy. Anyway, it turns out it's that face powder with that like shine in it. Right. And so I looked sort of a bit, I looked a little bit crinkly. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. And then I got in the lift to go downstairs to the lobby, like with my with my friends. And I, t- I was with Daniel Lisbon. And I took a selfie with the flash and I was like <gasps> my whole face was like white patchy like glowy bits and blobs and stuff it was so bad and I, and I was almost in tears I was so stressed out And I went back upstairs and I got someone else's face powder and tried to like top it all up and basically um every picture of me from that night that just looks like blotchy, horrible, horrible horror I look like a cow like patchy like, it was really bad. Like, shiny bits and then matte it. Oh, Honestly, it was a really, really bad. So I would say um, that the thing that Queen should bring on tour is, um, like, your makeup. Your, your makeup. tried and trusted, yeah, um, things that you would normally use from home. Like don't be grabbing stuff from the local makeup shop. Don't be grabbing, don't expect to be just grabbing stuff on the, road, like, bring everything with you that you need, basically, to answer your question. But just because, like, things can go wrong. Bring your trusted kit Absolutely, uh, i think the more i've done this podcast the more i've just realized that you just have to bring everything just there's just, just bring not- yeah bring everything it's not easy but such is life no yeah just get two you know check two um suitcases in so you can bring everything
0: well fair enough easy. um what got you like started in drag <laughs> i don't know i
1: just moved to london and i just thought um i was hanging out at clubs like heaven and stuff and like they were just just saw drag queens and I thought that looks so fab. I've always wanted to be the one out. I've always wanted to be the one that stands out in the room. I've always been a bit left of centre and a bit sort of like an, you know, when I was a kid I always felt really, really different. But I've also yeah. like enjoyed and embraced that. Like I've never felt like I'm really different and that and that's a bad thing. Like I've always felt like I'm a bit of a freak and I'm cool with that. And so when I saw when I was going to gay clubs, I mean, 15, 16 years old or whatever, and I started seeing drag queens, I just thought, oh my God, they are like aliens in this room of like, everyone else looks so basic compared to these few people who are like, you know, hosting a party or performing or hanging out, drinking on a night out, whatever. And I just thought, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to do that. I want to try that. I want to like dress up and be the person in the room that stands out more than anyone else. And so that's really what first attracted me to it, I think. Yeah, I I totally can feel that. Where did you get the
0: understanding from of it from? Because I'm a product of RuPaul's Drag Race to an
1: extent. Yeah, I'm obviously around um, before it. Um, I mean, there weren't really, before I came along, there weren't really people actively out and about doing what I was doing, like fashion parties and hanging out with famous people and wearing like designer clothes in drag. Like it wasn't really, it, it kind of wasn't really that from my generation, right? From people my age. Um, and and I kind of feel like um, I got my inspiration more from like fashion and stuff really rather yeah. than, you know, even culturally as well, not not just like from like the looks that I was doing, but just I just sort of saw it as a, as a chance to play dress up and kind of fuck with what society perceives as like normal and acceptable to be like in public, I kind of took a bit of a punk rock approach to it and kind of thought, you know, let's do crazy outfits, let's be a drag queen, that's so weird and, and whatever. It wasn't like the, you know, obviously there was no like drag race when I first came along, so it just wasn't, it wasn't a dumb thing. Like drag wasn't a thing that you would like, you comes come to London and try drag once. No, they were like the freaks in the club that people yeah. would love, but. Yeah. And I, I guess I kind of took it and made it a little cooler because I, you know, because, you um, I'm not saying I made drag call because there were so many amazing people before me, but, but in that moment in, in my corner of clubland, like I suddenly became this kind of like the person that was out every night and wearing the, you know, the crazy clothes and and all that kind of stuff. And I just started sort of getting involved in parties, like doing the door, dancing on the bar, hosting, like bringing friends down and that kind of stuff. And, and really kind of just, um, started a bit of a, started my journey there in nightlife. Yeah.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's something that um i feel is like missing now is so we've got sink the pink and we've still got some like really strong nightlife with drag
1: queens but it's not it's not necessarily so much like an un- underground queer culture anymore because it's on mainstream tv so you're going to get a you're going to get a much broader audience um and i don't know that that's such a bad thing you know in the great scheme of things because the fact that we've got drag queens on the BBC or drag queens on yeah. VH1 or whatever, and huge straight followings. I mean, I don't think that's such a bad thing when in certain countries in the world you can still get beheaded for being gay. Or, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, people were being outed on the front cover of newspapers for being a puff. You know what I yeah. mean? It's kind of like, um, I kind of just think it's magnificent um, that, that we can... The 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 drag is so accept, accepted now by mainstream culture, but I also do I do totally get what you mean. Like that, like the drag in drag race may not resonate with you. You may take a more punk stance um, mm-hmm. approach to it, or a more queer approach to it, and stuff. But, and you can find those. Um, you can you mentioned Saint the Pink, but you you can find those um, corners still. That, that haven't been like bastardized by commercialization <laughs> but um uh there's i think there's room for everything and um yeah there's there's i think i think it's amazing how ma- how massive um drag has has become mm. i think it's great yeah
0: i um i'm f- i've been a part of the indie scene for a very long time yeah. and it's a scene that hasn't had drag and i think has had issues with its acceptance of certain queer figures um and I'm, then i read a lot about kelly okarecki who i don't know what if you know him or worked yeah. with him but he always said how the indie scene never accepted his queerness and his blackness whereas the electronic scene was very open arms and accepting and i just i was just interested to know your experience of being a drag queen in the dj
1: world how people responded to it how people were people well i mean welcoming? people yeah generally yeah because also if you don't know that the, the dance music world stems from yeah. queer and black and latin origin then you're a bit of a moron if you don't know that so it's it is obviously part of the history and the roots so if people were if it would be like homophobic or whatever phobic within dance culture and dance culture is all about, um, and electronic music is all is really all about love, you know. It, it's all and togetherness and, and stuff. So, so if you don't really, if you don't fuck with that, then you're just a bit of a can't really, aren't you? But I um, wait. What was the question? Because I had a really good answer and it just slipped my mind. Oh, uh, your experience of being in the electronic yeah. music scene. Yeah. Yes, um, I think that um, now I'm more. Um, doors more doors are open now than they may than may have been previously, even just a couple of years ago. But then that's also because of the music that I make, not because of the fact that I'm just in a wig, you know. Um, but but generally, pretty pretty accepting. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I've not really, I haven't experienced any any real negativity towards me. Um,
0: no, because I've I've certainly had. So I start. I play drums in drag, and I've certainly had people say. Especially, you know, your straight blokes who are kind of into guitar music say, "Why do you feel the need to put on all this to as part of your performance?" And I, they also, just sound like
1: 12. No, well, that's true. That's me. true.
0: But um, <laughs> so let's
1: talk about the some music. People, yeah, I was going to um, say some people just some people just don't get it, you know, and and that's fine. Horses for courses. You do. You do. You, do you girl. I'll do me
0: anytime, honey. Um, let's talk about some music then. Um, yeah. How did uh, my house come together?
1: Um, so I was in the studio playing about, and I took a little sample for the Mary Jane girls, yeah. sped it up, replayed it, um, and added some extra stuff in, and that's it. Made it banger. It, it is a banger. It is a
0: total banger. Um, and I'm so happy for you that, like, the, success of that song but i've been listening to the back catalog honey and i've been enjoying it massively what are some of your favorite tunes from your like um, less discovered tracks tuesday's my favorite
1: um, yeah tuesday's good i like tuesday because it was sort of my first track from this sort of like new era like of like right. putting out music myself um and i made tuesday with sophie um, who was a friend of mine who obviously passed away this year so so that's got good memories of us uh, writing the track together mm. um, I what else do I like I kind of hate everything I've ever done I like when it once it's come out that's not such a creative thing isn't it I know I <laughs> oh, do yeah. mean I don't actually hate it all Like, I obviously I like it but I'm always thinking of what the next thing is I don't hate my music I love everything I've done otherwise I wouldn't put it out but I'm always like thinking like oh what have I got next rather than like hmm let's think about something i released two years ago because it's out there then that's then for other people to enjoy i always think like then it's like everyone else's i don't really own it anymore i kind of feel like i'm more excited about like the stuff that's coming up next that's yeah, where, yeah. that's what gets like but what do i like i don't know don't try me is really good with vula that's kind of yes. really bitchy and fun it's like a bitchy house anthem and um that's it um uh, as like someone who makes music as well
0: uh that experience of listening to your track like hundreds of times over and over and over it doesn't become enjoyable to listen to anymore i've made three records and i can't listen to them back i yeah over the they come out or when when they're out when that once they're out once i've mastered it i can't listen to it again it's just too much yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I think a lot of musicians are like that. Yeah. My my track, my house is like on on like quite heavy rotation on the radio at the moment. And so yeah. I have Radio One on it all day at home on my Alexa. And when my house comes on, I'm like a bit like, oh my god, gag, it's me on Radio One, that's so cool. Well I've also been like, fuck your record again. <laughs> Just because 'cause I've heard it like for like six months before anyone else heard it. So I'm like, I've rinsed that track. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever sat there and gone um, have you ever sat there and gone, oh this track's good? And then you've gone, Oh shit, it's me. Oh in the gym they were um the other day, they were playing something that I was a bit like this beat is something that I would make. And then and then when the the um some like synths came came in and then a bit of a vocal, I was a bit like, oh no, this is my track. It was like it was Paris, this thing, where right? I stamped Paris is burning on um Yes on an EP last year, yeah. Yeah, that came on in the gym, and like for the first like I don't know, the first like sixteen bars, I was a bit like, oh, and then I was like, oh no, it's me. <laughs> and um, and uh, what um
0: what kind of software do you use now? Because it went Ableton. Ableton. Ableton mm-hmm. I've really got. I've used to be a Logic queen, and now I. Best big...
1: to Best to you. It's Ableton is the best to
0: use. Yeah, in production. I, I, I love it. I was I was always like a right to left girl and now when I'm up yeah, you to, have t- to do it the other way yeah, I know yeah yeah it's it's changed my whole understanding of like how to make music and how to structure it as well it's kind of crazy um, I've always used
1: that music, so that's just where uh, where I let me run a logic on my
0: yeah and uh sampling's a uh, you know a big thing that you use um and I, I i'm frustrated at myself that i spent so long being like oh no i could never sample that's something i wouldn't do because i was a drummer and i liked live music yeah um but I love, love.
1: I love sampling stuff because you can kind of take some sound and kind of give it a new life or like yeah. you know like like a track that you really love or an idea that you really love and you can kind of like not. it's not stealing it's not even really borrowing it's like i feel like it's sort of giving something a new a new life and it's also like it's also great to present it to like new sets of ears who, who never would have heard that music before and it's like as long as you do it in a in a sort of a clever way some of my samples have been quite obvious like i've sampled you know vocals and stuff has been like quite straight up like uh, like, like re-editing but like essentially mm-hmm. but um i've definitely done like loads of it's, it's really fun to play about with with samples that are a little bit more um discreet as well and um and everyone does it. Yeah, no, well. everyone does it. Um, some of the biggest records of all time it's like when you when you go on whosample dot com, you're like, Oh my god. Oh my god, I was looking the other day on George Michael um Too Funky. It samples about six different records. <laughs> you know that? That's crazy. Um, 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 just- Samples, like, loads and loads. It's just, like an Aretha Franklin record and a so-and-so record and a so-and-so record. And like, so loads of samples in it. How mad is that? It, it's
0: totally yeah. mad. Yeah, finding out who sampled what for what song is always crazy. So there's some Who weird...
1: sampled what? the best website ever. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, the, the one, like, Kanye's a dick, but he does really, like, nail sampling for me.
1: Most clever music producer in the sort of hip-hop R&B world. Kanye West,
0: oh my God, is amazing. Amazing. Yeah, um, I'm a big Jesus fan, or was, but he's gone. Dilali, actually Allen
1: now. Huh? Oh, that's Jesus,
0: but, yeah, I don't think he's. No, I actually... don't. I don't know. Carly. Um, so uh, I wanted to find out your strangest drag queen encounter with another drag queen, or celebutante, or, or
1: like a, um... Oh, I walked in. <laughs> I walked in on one of the, let me just tell you, hold on. Let me tell you the season. Da, ba, 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 ba.
0: Oh, we're redacting names again. Yeah,
1: I'm not a grass. <laughs> I've done so much redacting in this podcast. Um, I once walked on a season six queen having a threesome backstage at a gig. I don't know if that's even that rock and roll, is
0: it? I guess so. Is a threesome's rock and roll still? Can't I have right. two today? No. <laughs> <laughs> drag three are quite rock and roll i guess
1: no not that, not really i'm totally unshockable though i'm like just, just sucking, sucking two dicks at the same time it was like hardly hardly groundbreaking <laughs> what's uh what's okay so what
0: has what in the last like few years has shocked you there must be something up coronavirus that okay yeah that's pretty shocking pretty pretty fucked right <laughs> Yeah,
1: have you been okay? Have you survived? Yeah, I had my first, I had COVID like way near the beginning and I had my first AstraZeneca shot a couple of weeks ago. And you were okay? Yeah, well I had like two days of like flu-like symptoms after I was pretty ill.
0: Um. So I got through coronavirus by watching back Celebrity Big Brother series and my favourite series does happen to be the one with Jodie Marsh in it purely because like...
1: Pete oh, yeah. Burns as well, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, were you um, friends with Pete? Did you talk? Yeah, talking-
1: kind yeah. of a bit, yeah.
0: And yeah. What, how is, he's, having watched that Big Brother series, I I kind of, he's an icon to me now, but um, what was he like in person, as fabulous as he seems? Um,
1: yeah, I think Pete was always sort of like, you know, that what you see is what you get.
0: Yeah. Um, and have you ever met Jodie Marsh?
1: Oh, like years ago, yeah. <laughs>
0: my favorite uh my favorite p quote is um uh i'd like to rip her head off and shit on her neck stump oh yeah um, i remember that yeah. <laughs> um how uh how do you get through night after night of drag and what are you doing tonight why are you dressed in tonight
1: i'm djing um some, like a store a store launch type thing it should be quite a fab I guess this is sure. amazing it should be good yeah, Draws. a store launch like a shop, uh, like an event in like yeah. open a big a big sort of like department store thing. Oh, nice! That'll be fun. Yeah, uh, is yeah. It all sat down and like tabled as usual. I don't know. I I, I really don't know. It's the first time I've been to like a live event since since um COVID. Are you excited? For
0: it? Are you excited for you for it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. I'm I'm very excited to get back in the world. I need that to happen. My favourite video that you're in is when you appear from a house in Camden with cups of tea and biscuits for press outside with none other than Amy Winehouse. Um, how was it? How was that? How do yes. you remember that moment? And, uh, I don't, uh, don't remember that
1: moment.
0: You <laughs> don't remember that moment? No, I'm joking. I do. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, sad day uh, when she passed away. But um, Yeah, okay. I want... To know the the moment when you were on tour or you were travelling, and you thought this is my last moment on earth, because I for certain have come like while on tour in America or in another country, I've just been sat there going, I don't think I'm going to last much longer.
1: Oh, I nearly. I thought I had the worst turbulence I've ever experienced on a plane ride from New York to London once, and I did think that I was about to die. I did think I was about to be in a plane crash. Like the most extreme, like I don't know how that plane stayed in the sky. Like it was (laughs) beyond rough. It was like the plane was nearly being flipped upside down type thing. So I did think I was going to die in that moment.
0: Um,
1: And you were in full drag? What, on a on a plane okay. the Have airport. you ever had to no, go? I have, been, I have been on a, on, yeah, yeah, loads. I've done, yeah, but I've been on a few private jets, obviously, you know, in drag, and yeah. you, why not? And also, um, I did a thing with Virgin Atlantic a couple of years, like a, right. a event thing that we did on a, that we flew from London to um, New York and for a party in the air, and that was quite oh, fun. Wow. Who else was on the plane? um like influencers and some celebrities and and i think you could like buy tickets as well for it and stuff so they were like yeah it was that was that was super fun um
0: and then uh if you what's been the the moment the gig that you've done that you were most pleased with or that was visually the most like
1: spectacular um, I played Wembley Stadium opening for the Spice Girls. That was kind of mage. Stop it. When was that? Um, so when they did their shows like two like two years ago. Okay. So I was there on the uh, final. The last yeah, that's when I did.
0: Oh my God. No way. You obviously got there too late. And left, left obviously. <laughs> but um, I was friends with Mel B at the time and, yeah. uh, we were sitting backstage at her in her like room with the red and white blue flag sofas and she ordered plate after plate of cheese and ham toasties i love melby (laughs) yeah she's amazing um those shows were amazing as well
1: what a fucking wicked show i
0: love i know um and i was like then i went and saw Ariana the next week or something and I was like oh this doesn't match up to the Spice Girls just the con- the complete the vibe and the it just felt really significant being there as well just because like I'd been that kid the six years old with their tour tape yeah. uh, just being like I want to do that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah amazing show I hope they tour again I love the Spice Girls obviously yeah
0: I hope so too Um, so what uh, what have you got coming up in this post-Covid excitement what uh so you've just released you've just done my house
1: yeah loads of music um getting the next track ready now in the process of not even finishing it i'm not halfway through making that what else just loads of DJing, loads of touring as soon as i possibly can but for sure around the country there's loads of like gigs and stuff like around this country because before i've kind of focused more on like america and europe and all that kind of stuff but i think because we can't travel now in yeah. for sure this year right? i think i'll be like touring around well so it's going to be really cool just to go around the uk and yeah. like do Loads of local, all the places that you know. Obviously, I've done the Manchester's and the Birmingham's and the yeah. Leeds and stuff. But it'd be great to go to like smaller towns and stuff, and just really just like play the UK. I think would be awesome. No, absolutely. Because I'm from here. And uh which is okay. What's your favorite city
0: to play in in the UK? Uh, London, home. London. I, I, do, I, I, do, uh, from like, like for indie gigs. I hate playing in London. The further north I go, the happier I get in like terms of like the response really yeah, yeah. and i love London. is where so when you moved to london where did you move from originally uh
1: from kent canterbury
0: canterbury yeah. yeah and uh and you've been in london ever since basically
1: yeah what's your favorite yeah. london venue favorite london venue? i love coco that's fab i mean i don't i have to go to coco years ago but um I love how Hope. Hope it was cool. It is gorgeous. Do you think it'd be open? Yeah. Some of when obviously some of the some of the best venues are just like not there anymore. I know.
0: There are some. There are some really exciting new ones though. Uh, there's that laptop in Crystal Palace. You ever been there? No. Amazing. Okay, so it's called the Rusty Laptop. It's like two. Oh, I love ones. that. It's That's <laughs> like, a great. Number. Um, and it's sat behind a lake. Um and it's been like disused for years and over the pandemic they've managed to get a bunch of stuff um sorted on it so they can use it uh so i'm excited for like the venues that are going to open as a result of the pandemic like this year has been absolutely savage but i feel like there is just like i feel a sense of excitement um was there anything else that uh you wanted to like plug or
1: Uh, let me think um no (laughs) Stream the music. Stream my house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, gonna stream it. um, Yeah. Over and over again. (laughs) Yeah, give me those streams. Give me those streams. (laughs) Yeah, they're coming, girl. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. That was super fun. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. And so the curtain falls on another pink room. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Tune in next week where I will be inviting my... Extra special friend, North London brother, hero in the indie world, the one and only Max Bloom. And remember, Queens, what happens on tour definitely gets shared in the pink room.